Hey, hey, what do you say, Met fans? Happy Tuesday. How's everybody doing? How'd you enjoy the day off yesterday? What'd you do? Watch a classic Met game, maybe see a good movie or uh, crank up some tunes? Or were you like me and celebrated Happy Harvey Day? Yes, Matt Harvey raced the New York Airwaves yesterday as he pitched against the New York Yankees in Baltimore. And as always, I was glued to the set for Happy Harvey Day. I was a little worried going to the game. Matt Harvey's been giving up quite a few taters the last couple of seasons with Yankee bats, no hit the long ball, and probably due to break out of a slump, I said, oh no, it's going to be a long one. That Matt Harvey impressed the hell out of me. He was bat winning. He had control. Even on batters that he walked, it seemed like he was getting squeezed by the home plate umpire. But he had good command of his stuff yesterday. I really, really admired the stuff that Matt Harvey had. And it was so good to see him come back and pitch a good ball game. Now, it gave me memories of 2015, that whole 2014 or 2016 era team, when you had the Dark Knight, Thor, Jake, Zach, Matt, Cologne. Good times. You don't appreciate what you have until you don't have it anymore. Although we have a pretty decent pitch staff now, that's for sure. But those guys were the, that's what the Mets were known for back then was their pitching. And it was quite a collection of young talent the Mets had. And there will always be fond memories of them in my heart of what they meant to the team and the city as the Mets became electric and vibrant again in New York. And, uh, the Dark Knight was the uh, leader of that uh, contingent there when it came to popularity. The New York fans loved him. It's amazing how, looking back, uh, Jacob deGrom probably didn't get the respect he deserved. Uh, he wasn't the flashy figure. All he had was the long hair and yeah, the status of being Rookie of the Year. But it was actually Matt Harvey and Noah Syndergaard. If you recall, Matt Harvey was the ace the first couple, 14-15. And even in the wild card playoff game, uh, Syndergaard got the ball instead of uh, DeGrom, the game we lost to the Giants. Uh, so DeGrom's come a long way. And to be honest with you, I always thought Matt Harvey was going to be the ace of that staff. And Syndergaard, I just imagined getting better and better with each year. I mean, the guy was just a physical beast. Just goes to show you, you never know in baseball, and the Grom's really developed himself. Again, he was a converted infielder, became a pitcher, and he has really turned into something. But I always thought Matt Harvey had the potential to be the next Tom Seaver. He had that heavy ball, uh, good control, and it just didn't work out. Injuries have a way of doing that. And uh, Jacob the Grom, he was an athlete. Don't get me wrong. Great shortstop. He could hit and you could just tell he's a better athlete than Matt Harvey. I just thought Matt would be the better pitcher. But uh, Matt got his chance to shine with the Mets not playing. I'm sure a lot of Met eyeballs were on the uh, game yesterday. A lot of Mets fans tuned in. Uh, and I keep thinking Matt's hanging by a thread. But after yesterday, I think he might be a permanent part of that rotation this year with the Orioles. And I know the Orioles aren't going to go anywhere. And it'll be fun to have a guy like Matt Harvey to root for. Uh, and he was credited with uh, winning his first ball game last year for the first time in 20 months. Uh, and he pitched pretty well against the Marlins, but yesterday he really came about and uh, pitched well. Uh, the Yankees, I don't know what's going on with them. They got beat down by Harvey now. I don't know if it's good. Matt was that good. He looked good to me. 
But again, I'm not a trained baseball scout or a trained baseball eye, but makes you wonder what's going on with the Mets. I mean, the Yankees, I, I, they just can't do anything. Uh, but it was good to see Matt. Shades of all those games, I saw Seaver and Gooden pitch. I had the same feelings and emotions for all the games that Matt Harvey pitched and now Jacob DeGrom. And it was just, just, just good to see. Uh, pitched six strong innings, one run, three hits, five strikeouts, three walks. And he threw the ball like he, he wanted to, I think. Uh, hopefully he can keep going six, seven innings for that team. They could really use it. It'll be good to see Matt Harvey. Good, another good baseball story for us. But we're not going to sit here and talk about Matt Harvey and the uh, Orioles all day. We're going to talk about our Metsies. Got a big series coming up. We got the Boston Red Sox coming to town, and they're going to test our pitching. No doubt about it. The Red Sox are smacking that ball, and uh, right now they lead the major league major leagues in OPS with a 7.94. And uh, JD Martinez, red hot. Now he's normally a designated hitter, but he's so hot, I'm sure they're going to put him out in the field. And he's batting 370 with seven homers and 21 RBIs. And you could see what a off year does to J.D. Martinez and the Red Sox last year. And you could see when he hits how much better the Red Sox are. Be good seeing, seeing Kevin Pulicki. Maybe he'll get some time. I always liked Kevin. He's with the Red Sox now, backup catcher. But as good as the Red Sox are hitting, hopefully we can start hitting. We need more. Although these three guys are really hitting the ball, J.D. Davis is really smacking the ball. Brandon Nimmo's could be the uh, offensive MVP. And then you got uh, Pete Alonzo. The Polar Bears quietly having another fantastic year. Uh, he, he's funny because you look at guys like Stanton and Judge and you just get scared shitless when they come up to play with their physical appearance. But somehow Pete just goes up there and he hammers the friggin' ball. And uh, he's saying that his legs are... He's using his legs like he did in 2019, and we'll take it. Whatever works, Pete. Uh, he's now batting 267 as a batting average, 357 on base, and a 550 OPS with five homers and 12 RBIs coming into tonight's game. His average exit velocity of 98.6 leads the major leagues, and his hard ball, hard hit ball percentage of 61.9 isn't far behind. So no matter how you look at it, the polar bear is crushing the ball. Now, I know a lot of you guys aren't fans of like exit velocity, speed, and all that. But when you got a guy like Pete hitting the ball that hard all the time, when you hit the ball hard, if it's not a lazy fly ball, good things are going to happen. You're gonna, a guy like Alonzo is either going to hit the ball out of the ballpark or he's going to smash it for a hard hit double or smack it somewhere hard if he hits it on the line drive because line drives always get the job done. The best way to hit a ball is hit a line drive. And Pete has the ability to not have the uppercut home run swing, just hit a line drive, and that ball's going to take off. Uh, but I like Pete's pitch selection. He's being very selective on the mound uh, at the plate, and I love that. Now, all we need is some uh, hitting from Francisco Lendor, Michael Conforto, and Jeff McNeil, and we'll be okay, folks. Uh, they still have to get back on track, and I'm sure when they do, they're going to carry the offense for a bit. Uh, these three that I mentioned, Davis, Alonzo, and Nimmo, they're not going to be able to do it all year round. So it's good to have quality hitters up and down the lineup, and I think we'll do okay. Uh, 
And the bullpen I'm liking. Edwin Diaz has been lights out. Uh, he has just done the job that they're asking him, whether it's a, a crucial situation or just to end the game uh, with, with a lead, get some work in. But in his last six appearances, he's not allowed an earned run. Uh, even that walk-off run that scored against him in Chicago was not earned because it occurred with a runner at second base. And that does not count as an earned run in uh, Major League Baseball this year. So you allow it, that leadoff guy on second base to score. It's not an earned run. But the guy I've been, if you've listened to these podcasts on a daily basis, the one guy I'm really into is Miguel Castro. The guy has such lively movement. And I, I, I think it's getting to the point where Rojas is now confident in making him a late inning pitcher. And I've been saying that right along. And the bullpen is looking good. Uh, with Trevor May, Aaron Loop, uh, the big guys coming for the setup. I think he's going to start using Castro in that same role. You got to roll with Diaz, but Castro's been okay in seven appearances. He has a pitch to a 2.57 ERA. And uh, if you go by fielding independent pitching, it suggests that that number should actually be 0.53. So he hasn't really gotten the fielding support when he's in there. But I like, 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 like Rojas. Uh, I mean, uh, Castro, and I think Rojas does too. Uh, going tonight for the Mets, in the first game of the series, we got David Peterson. Uh, he made his major league debut in Boston last year, July 28th, and he was pumped. He really wanted to do well in Boston, and uh, he allowed two earns on over five and two-third innings to get the victory in that game. He's been hot and cold this year. Two of his starts really haven't been that great. Uh, his four-seam fastball has been part of the program problem, and opponents are hitting 429 against that pitch with a 1.429 slugging percentage. So they're reading his fastball, and that's not good when you depend on that a lot. Uh, he throws about one-eighth at a time, so he may either have to fine-tune that, find out what's going wrong with that, or just not use it that often. But that's it coming into the Boston series. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, it's Peterson tonight against Nick Pavetta. Pavetta had a solid outing versus Seattle on Thursday. Gave him two runs on one hit and striking out four and six innings. And eight career appearances versus the Mets. He's three and two with a 6.08 ERA. So we've hit him. And I'm not sure why the Phillies are giving up on him. I mean, Pavetta's pitched tomorrow. Skip that. Skip that. Oh, rewind the tape. Garrett Richards goes tonight. But save that Pavetta data. When I get to the Grom start tomorrow, uh, Richards is coming off a tough outing in which he struggled with command, giving up four runs and walking six over four and two third innings versus Toronto. And this will be his first time facing the Mets in his 11 year major league career. Uh, like I said, David Peterson, he's going to have to start, you know, being a little bit more consistent. I think once the healthy arms come back and we're looking at Carrasco coming back soon. And Thor in June, he may be fighting for a starting role position right now. Uh, so the audition is on for David Peterson. All right, that's a preview of the Mets for tonight, the series. And tomorrow we'll talk about the Nick Pavetta-Jacob DeGrom matchup. I uh, hope you enjoyed our little Happy Harvey Day recap. Now we come back, we're going to do our usual fun stuff. We're going to do Baseball Jeopardy, Met Baseball Jeopardy, and the trivia question of the day. Catch you on the flip side. Hey, Met fans, welcome back to the second segment of this podcast. 
As always, this is what I call the fun stuff part of the podcast. And we always start off with a Jeopardy, Mets Final Jeopardy, and a Met Trivia Question of the Day. First, we're going to go to Mets Final Jeopardy. And the two clues I'm going to give you are, one, he was traded to the New York Mets for Tim Tuffle. The second clue I'm going to give you is, he played 80 games for the 91 Mets and batted 228. So once again, the clues are, one, traded to the Mets for Tim Tuffle, and two, played 20 games for the 91 Mets, batting 228. Okay, locking your answers on that one. And now today's Met trivia question. Only one team in the National League has had multiple pitchers throw no-hitters against the Mets. Can you name the pitchers who accomplished the feat and the team they pitched for? There you have it. I'll repeat the trivia question again. Only one team in the National League has had multiple pitchers throw no-hitters against the Mets. Can you name the team and the pitchers who accomplished the feat? Now write down your answers. Lock them in when you think you got the right ones. And as always, at the end of the broadcast, we will tell you if you were a winner or not. Good luck, folks. Now we go to this date in Met history. A lot of birthdays today in Met history. Yes, indeedy. The first birthday is Rogers Hornsby. Now you're saying Rogers Hornsby? A New York Met? Stan, you got to start laying off the ganja. Well, thanks for the advice, but that has nothing to do with Roger Hornsby and a Met birthday. He was the Mets coach in 1962. And yes, Roger was one of the most, well, he was controversial. He was crude, of course, unpopular manager and coach in all his years after he retired in Ty Cobb. I mean, after he retired from playing, and a lot of people compared him to Ty Cobb. Uh, the Mets were his last Major League gig, and he passed away the following year. Uh, but, yeah, that's stump your friends with that one. Rogers Hornsby was a man who was one of the first Met coaches. How about that? One of the greatest hitters of all time. He hit 400 multiple times. Uh and other second baseman people modern day say, oh, Robbie Alomar, Ryan Sandberg, all great offensive players. Blah, 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 blah. Well, there's Rogers Hornsby, my friend. And I think it begins and ends with Rogers Hornsby as the greatest second baseman of all time. Uh, like I said, he was known as a pain in the ass in, in the clubhouse, but the man got the job done in the field. Raha is what they call them. Uh, and I think the Mets did that just to get name recognition, just as though they hired uh, Ralph Kiner as a broadcaster and Lindsey Nelson as a national voice to come in to give the Mets some uh, recognition. But it was a good move by the Mets. Uh, And yes, Rogers Hornsby, a beloved Met figure in Met history. Now we go to some birthdays of some players past and present. Brian Giles, remember Brian, wore number 15 and number 23 and played with us from 81 to 83. Uh, 
primarily a second baseman. Played a couple games at short here and there. But he was drafted in the second round as a free agent in the Mets by the Mets in 78 and made it to the Bigs in 81. His uh, big year was 1983 when he played 145 games. He batted 245 uh, for the Mets. Not much of a stick. Uh, two homers, 27 RBIs. And then uh, he went on from that point on to play for the Brewers, White Sox, and Mariners. So there you have it. Happy birthday, Brian Giles. Also celebrating a birthday today, Rob McDonald, number 49. Pitched 20 games for the 96 Mets. Uh, had an ERA of 4.26. All his games were in relief. He pitched 19 innings. And uh, he was signed as a free agent in the offseason before the 96 campaign began. And then he was released at the end of the 96 season. Number 49. Number 49, Rob McDonald. Uh, celebrating a birthday today, Eric Hillman. Who remembers Eric? Uh, number 53 in your Met roster and scorecard. He was drafted in the 16th round, the free agent draft in 87. Uh, finally made it to the Mets in 92. Uh, the year he got the most work was 93 when he started 22 games for the Metropolitans. Didn't do too bad. Uh, went 2-9. and nine. The one-loss record wasn't great, but he did have a respectable 3.97 ERA. Uh, he was granted free agency at the end of the 94 campaign and unfortunately never hooked up with another major league club. Eric Hillman, happy birthday. Uh, also celebrating a birthday today, Frank Catalanato. Who remembers Frankie? Number 27. He was with us in 2010. Uh, played 25 games, 25 uh, plate appearances, primarily a pinch hitter. Uh, just played a couple games out in the field, but he was just a designated stick, but he didn't really hit that well. Batted 160 for the Mets. And he was released in 2010 by May 17th. So he had a short cup of coffee. He was with us about six weeks. And he was signed as free agent before the uh, season started. Uh, before coming to the Mets, he played with a handful of teams, the Tigers, Rangers, Blue Jays, Rangers, and Brewers. And then uh, he ended it all with the Mets. Happy birthday, Frank. Celebrating a birthday today, Orber Moreno. Not Omar. Not Omar, the speedster from Pittsburgh, but Orber Moreno. Uh, number 49 your roster. Uh Played with us in 2003, 2004. 2004, he pitched in 33 games, 34 innings pitched. Uh, all in relief, 3.38 ERA. He was signed by the Mets before the season started as a free agent in 2003. And then uh, after dabbling in the minor leagues, he was granted free agency in the fall of 2005. Happy birthday, Orber Moreno. And here he is, J.D. Davis. Happy birthday, J.D. Our offensive MVP so far this year. Number 28. You gotta love the year he's having so far. He's coming in today's game batting 414 with a 690 slugging percentage. Hitting the ball hard. Two homers, six RBIs. Uh, pleasant surprise. We just need uh, JD to tighten up the glove a, a little bit. And I think he'll be with us for a long, long time. Uh, great hitter. Led the Mets in hit-by-pitches with 7 in 2020. And led the Mets in ground and double plays with 8 in 2020. Uh, he had a four-hit game against St. Louis in 2019. And a two-run home run game against Washington April 6, 2019. Gotta love J.D. 
Uh, happy birthday. Hopefully he has a good night tonight. And what else we got? Do we have anybody else? No, I think that wraps it up for the birthdays, folks. So happy birthday to those fine gentlemen. And now, as we always do, we go back to a game in Met history on, that was played on this date. Now we're going back to April 27, 1986. And where are we going? We're going to Bush Memorial Stadium. Now, coming into the game, the Mets were cruising, baby. 10-3 with a winning streak of eight games. The Cardinals were reeling. 7-7, seven seven. they had lost six games. And this is where the Mets started breaking away from everybody. Could they continue that today? Well, going for the Mets, we had Bobby O. Remember Bobby O on the Met pregame show with the Ozone? I always liked that for some reason. That's one of my memories of Bobby O. Bobby O was 2-0 coming to the game, and he was going against a tough lefty, John Tudor, who always gave us fits. And uh, let's see what the Mets could do. Uh, leading off for the Mets, playing shortstop. Yes, 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 Kevin Mitchell did play shortstop for the Mets. He was leading off, uh, batting first. Tim Tuffle, batting second, playing second. Captain Keith Hernandez, batting third and playing first base. The kid, Gary Carter, catching, batting fourth. The straw man, Darryl Strawberry, batting fifth in right field. Uh, George Foster in left field, batting sixth. Ray Knight, batting seventh and playing third. And now is Lenny Dykstra, batting eighth, I guess, because Tudor was on the mound, lefty versus lefty in center field. And Bobby O on the mound. Well, St. Louis got off to a one nothing lead, and Tudor was calming us down going into the fourth inning. Then the Mets broke loose in the fourth inning, uh, scored three runs, and then they scored two more in the fifth. Uh, St. Louis did score a run in the bottom of the fourth to make it 3-2, but the Mets pulled ahead with the two spot in the fifth to make it 5-2. And then Cardinals tacked on a run in the 8th to make it 5-3. But this was the Met game to win. Uh, big hit, Timmy Tuffle. Two-run two homer, Jack. Uh, nice to see Tuffy in there and getting a big hit. Also, Kevin Mitchell. So the Keystone Cops hit doubles for the uh, home runs for the Mets. Nice. That's how you know you're on a winning team when the guys you don't expect to hit start hitting like that. Although Mitchell did develop into quite a power hitter. Uh and that was it. That, was, that did it all for the Metsies. Now Strawberry got a double RBI uh, for the Mets. Uh, George Foster went two for four with an RBI. And Bobby O pitched a complete game. I always like to say, ah, remember the days when you pitched a complete game. Well, Jake did it Friday, but that's a rare moment indeed. But Bobby O pitched a, a complete game. Nine hit, three earned run, no walk complete game. And that was typical Bobby O. Gave you innings, didn't walk a lot, battled, but he got the job done. That lowered his ERA to 2.11. Tudor got roughed up. He was charged with all five runs, five earned runs, and he got the loss. And Todd Worrell came in to pitch. And uh, remember the Cardinals, the go-go Cardinals? They had three stolen bases in the game, two by Terry Pendleton and one by Vince Coleman. So that wraps it up. If you want to know what the Cardinal lineup was that day, it was Vince Coleman leading off Ozzie Smith, Tommy Herr, Jack Clark, William McGee, Tito Landrum, Terry Pendleton, Mike Heath, and John Tudor. Ah, what a rivalry that was. Good times, good times. So we went back in the time machine to 1986. Good memories. And good job by the Mets on that day. So we're going to start at, uh, giving you uh, the answers as we wrap up the broadcast. To our final Met Trivia and our Trivia Question of the Day. Who's ready, folks? 
Once again, the two clues for the Mets' final jeopardy were traded to the Mets for Tim Tuffle. The second clue played 20 games for 91 Mets, batting 228. Okay, everyone locking their answers? All right, here we go. The answer to today's Mets' final jeopardy is who is Gary Templeton? Congrats to all who had it right. And now, our Met Trivia question of the day. Who remembers the Met Trivia question of the day? That was... Only one team in the National League has had multiple pitchers throw no hitters against the Mets. Can you name the team and the pitchers who accomplished the feat? Okay. Give you another second to lock in your answers. Okay, here we go. The two pitchers who no hit the Mets were Chris Heston on June 9, 2015, 5-0 victory at Ed Ho Ho Hawicki pitching game two of the August 24th, 1975 doubleheader as the Mets were in Candlestick Park and the Giants won the game 6 nothing. So Heston with a 5 nothing no hit victory and Ed Hawicki with a 6 nothing no hit victory against the Mets and they were San Francisco Giants. That's the only team that have two pitchers no hit the Mets. Congrats if you had both answers right. Congrats if you had one answer right. Congrats if you just participated. We love everyone getting involved. So again, thanks for participating. And that's going to wrap it up for today. We had a lot to talk about for an off day, didn't we? That's always a good thing. And that's always going to be the case here on this podcast. We're talking Mets 365, 24-7. Every day we'll have a podcast up here. You can count on Mets baseball every day of the year by just tuning into this podcast. Which leads me to this next segue. Please subscribe to this podcast. You'll be alerted when everyone comes up. No matter who your carrier is, you can subscribe. And if you ever want to reach out to me with a comment, suggestion, even if you want to maybe pop on here one day, the email address is philstan41, an honor, Tom Terrific, 41 at gmail.com. So once again, it's philstan41 at gmail.com. Again, thank you so much for your support. If you're not a member of the Facebook group, New York Mets Baseball Way of Life, get in there. We have a lot of great people participating every day and a lot of good stuff, as Chuck Barris used to say. And if you are a member and you need to listen to this podcast every day, it's the perfect compliment to everything that's going on in the group. So that's it for today. In a few hours, I'm off to City Field for the first time in about 20 months to see the Metsies play Boston. I'll let you know about it tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. Let's go, Mets. Enjoy the day, and let's beat the Red Sox tonight. Take care. Talk to you tomorrow.